This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 773, the final comic review catch-up for January 2020. Comic Shenanigans, Comic Shenanigans, with Adam Chapman, with Adam Chapman. Comic Shenanigans, Comic Shenanigans, with Adam Chapman, with Adam Chapman. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 773. It's our final comic review catch-up for January 2020. I thought I was done. Turns out I'm not. Uh, it's the fourth of all the kind of catch-up episodes for January comics. Part of why I'm kind of um, really lengthening this is I'm not sure if we're actually going to get comics at the end of May or not. It definitely looks that way right now, but at least it'll be DC, maybe not Marvel. So with all that in mind, I thought I would you know kind of string this along as much as possible, although I've... I've been really remiss in, in getting caught up on February and March books. I think I still have like a, uh, over 100 books. I, that sounds ludicrous, but I think it's true. Um, so right now we're talking about books that I've talked, you know, I've read for January. There was only four books left in my little stack. Um, so I read them and I really liked them. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm doing one more review episode about January. Uh, first up is Guardians of the Galaxy number one. I so enjoyed this. Um, I, Al Ewing has really tapped into something here. I think what it is, so it's an interesting confluence of events. So I feel like it feels like the the characters feel more like they did. I mean, it's obviously very much current continuity. It's building off of the last few Guardians, you know, uh, you know, runs um, and and books that have existed uh, in terms of the continuity and where it's going. But the characters themselves feel more like what I remember from the DNA era. And that's important to me because DNA era is when I first started, like most people, caring about characters like Star-Lord. And it was before they kind of went through some major personality shifts, which is even briefly kind of alluded to in this series. And so I like that we're kind of getting back to a different feeling of, you know, of Star-Lord before he became a quipster like what we see in the movie. Um, because it, it felt like it's, it's it, Star-Lord himself started being more and more of kind of a jokey character, and here he's played a lot straighter, which is, again, more in common with his version under DNA, um, where, again, very different beginnings. Um, so th- I, I really liked this. I thought this was a great, great start. This made me excited to read The Guardians of the Galaxy, which I, I don't think I've been since after the DNA era, to be honest. Like, I've read it, I haven't really, like, loved anything about it, though. And this, uh, well, that's a little harsh. And I was enjoying a bit of the the prior run, too. I thought that was interesting and how they brought in the Universal Church of Truth. Um, But this, I thought, was so strong, so interesting. I loved the characterization. I liked how it was used. I did feel like the... uh, you know the, the the setup at the beginning did wait not waste a lot of pages. It definitely set the mood, but at the same time, I wanted to get into the action, especially because I ended up enjoying the interplay between the teams so much. Um, again, I don't I don't even I didn't even remember where we got this version of Phyla and Moondragon or what like what was going on, but I kind of just went with it and because I didn't care. It was just so interesting seeing the interplay, and I know the characters had gone through a lot of changes, and I remember more of them with regards to Rocket Raccoon. So I was kind of like, all right, it is what it is. Um, I loved. You know, Richard Ryder being here, because, again, that was a huge part of the DNA era, um, you know, and I, I just thought that was so interesting. I recently read a back-issue magazine uh, all about the Guardians, and they were talking about Star-Lord, and all about his original kind of uh, adventures. And to be honest, if I hadn't read that, I would not know what the hell the um, Master of Sun was all about. And I just, it was, again, a weird timing issue. I just read that, and then I read this, and I was so interested, and I loved... In this issue, you have uh, Star-Lord and um, 
and Rocket Raccoon going on, you know, deciding that they're going to go on this mission to that to join a team that um, Richard Ryder is putting together. And then they go, and there's not really many people there. And then we get all this backstory about Annihilation Scourge, which is also really interesting and a good uh, Nova story. And you know, you have a Nova that's kind of falling apart. And um, it's so fascinating. I, I, I just I, I dug this so much. I did not expect to enjoy this nearly as much as I did. Um, I don't know what I expected going in, but it, it just it felt like it. It took itself seriously. It had some levity, but it wasn't jokey. It wasn't silly. Um, I would love the characterization between Peter and uh, and everyone, but really. And I love the the Hercules being there at the end, um, which I didn't. Uh, made sense, but also didn't necessarily expect it either. Love this first issue. Super solid start. Uh, this makes me so excited to read more. I've, I've read the rest of the issues that came out in February and March, which I'll be talking about in future uh, you know, uh, recap, uh, catch-up episodes, hopefully. But uh, such a huge fan of this. This was great. I'm not really giving... I think one episode of these catch-ups I kind of ended up giving gratings. I'm actually not going to do that here, but this was a really strong book. I do recommend that. If you miss this, go back. Check it out. Especially if you love the DNA Cosmic Era. This feels like much more in line with that sensibility and that level of characterization. Uh, and, and again, taking things seriously, but not too seriously, which is a fine line, but it's, uh, it doesn't feel nearly as jokey and silly as at times I feel like that cosmic universe has been lately. Uh, next up is a book that I can't believe it took me this long to read it, which is Marvel's X number one. So it's part of this kind of prelude miniseries that's supposed to kind of lead up to the Earth X series. Um, this was phenomenal. It was upsetting. It was startling. Um, Great art. Uh, the storytelling is again very subdued, and uh, you, go, you go right into this world, and you just lose yourself in this this harrowing story of this kid, and you just get sucked in. Uh, the story is by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger, who's a recent, the latter of which was a recent um, guest on the show. I say recent in the last three or four months. Uh, Jim Kruger did the script. Uh, artist Well B did the art, and then you got uh, virtual calligraphy's Corey Pettit on letters, and I just. I think this was such a strong debut. Um, the art feels very akin to the, the, the kind of more earthy styles and colors that we got in the original Earth-X. Um, so it feels very natural there. Um, again, I found this to be harrowing, but engrossing. And I was just so so sucked in to the story of David. And I'm really excited to see where we go from here. I have not read the other issues that have come out already thus far, but um, based on this debut, like I'm really excited to see where this goes and what this ends up being. I'm a huge fan of EarthX from way back in the day, um, so this is this is exciting to be able to have you know a, a new prelude uh, to that amazing run of series. Um, next up is Thor. This is actually I'm actually talking about Thor one and two um, by Donny Cates and Nick Klein. Um, I loved issue one. I thought it was really interesting. I love the art by Klein. Um, I, not that I didn't love the second issue, but there's something about the first. They feel tonally similar but different because there's so much set up of, you know, who Thor is, what Asgard is, um, you know, so many little sub little subplots that uh, Kate's is kind of building in right from the get go. The fact that Mjolnir is getting a little heavier every day, which is a really interesting concept. What does that mean? Um, you know, and you have you know a Thor who's who's king now. What does that mean? And uh, how will he be different? And how is his run as king going to be different than prior runs? Because we have seen this before in the Marvel Universe, but this again feels totally different because uh, just this is a different way in which Thor has been written. Um, again, I feel like he's been given more. He feels more battle wary and world wary than any prior version of him that had ever ascended to the throne. Because I mean, we saw him 
as you know the kind of the the leader of Asgard before, and you know, and Dan Jorgens did a big run on that, and it felt different than this. This feel, and again, part of it is artistic, where something about the beard and the long hair um, really adds a sense of hopelessness, but levity and not levity, hopeless, not hopelessness either, but just a, a sense of. Um, uh, seriousness to everything. I don't know why it sounds silly that that's what it does, but there is a seriousness here. Uh, when he Galactus kind of falls and lands in Asgard, and then you have this interesting kind of um, uh, group of former heralds of Galactus all kind of getting together and trying to decide what to do next. And then you have the uh, the creepy. I'm still not sure exactly why everything is the way it is right now for Silver Surfer, but he's you know instead of being silver, he's black. Um, he's also able to. He's basically out of phase. He goes through things um he basically tells thor about uh, the black winter this horrible thing that caused the end of the universe before theirs and that there's five planets that he hid from galactus um that they could that should be able to give him enough uh, strength and energy to take on this you know this dreadful force uh, there's a great shot of thor deciding that he's gonna be going with the silver surfer on his journey and just behind him you just see the thunder cracking um it's an incredibly powerful image um, and then the next page, you have him like, you know, Thor's getting dressed for, for, for you know, for war. And uh, it's really interesting to kind of see that and him saying, like, it's a nice retrospection on the issue where, you know, he'd been talking with Sif about his smiting days were over. And also Loki asking him about the uh, the hammer becoming heavier. And it's just a, such a great shot uh, of him really kind of understanding the seriousness of everything that he's going through and then going to confront Galactus and finding out that's not quite what he believes and that there's a reason that Galactus has come here and the Galactus now empowers um, Thor as the Herald of Thunder. Although I gotta say, I do hate that last image. I don't know why. I just don't like Thor's hair all like, up in the air like like it is here. Like I loved everything leading up to it and there's just something about that image I did not like and now he's, I guess, clean-shaven again. Um, so that was weird. Um... But, I mean, the rest of the issue was so strong and such a strong debut and really felt like it it came with purpose. And the Donny Cates was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to write Thor. We're going to write Thor. He's going to be big. He's going to be, you know, everything you want from Thor. And it definitely felt like that. The second issue feels different. Um, I did like that there's basically a reference to Superman and the Justice League and this other world uh, then it ends up ceasing to be, um, which was a nice little play. Uh, and then you have you know this new Thor Herald of Thunder kind of working with Galactus and, on a planet to you know try and save the people on this planet, and then the planet can be used to uh, give Galactus the energy he needs, although Galactus takes too much and ends up destroying it. Um, and then next issue, it looks like we're getting a, a setup to uh, fight against um, uh, Beta Ray Bill, which is always fun. Um, so I'm excited for that. Again, not loving the re- the, the redesign of Thor's costume. Um, I, I don't even think it's the costume. I honestly think it's the hair, which is such a stupid comment to, to admit to. But I just don't like the hair. I like the costume itself with the kind of the rune on it. That's cool. That's an interesting concept. Um, you know, giving kind of the full armor again that he didn't have in, right before he was turned into the Herald. That's fine. I think that's a cool concept and a cool visual. I just hate the hair. I hate the hair and the lack of the beard because, again, it was just something I loved so much in that first issue that I was really sad to see it go. But, I mean, other than that choice, it's a really well done issue and very exciting. Uh, so that is our reviews episode uh, for the last, I promise. No more books I'll talk about from January. Our next episode, which will be about February books, 
Uh, I don't know how many of the following I'm going to talk about, but I at least have read the following. Conan the Barbarian 13, Hawkeye Freefall number 3, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Hawkman 21, Lois Lane, Marauders, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Morbius, Runaways, Savage Avengers, and Savage Avengers. Oh, there's two issues of Savage Avengers I read. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll get to all of them next episode, and I'll have to probably also remind myself what the hell happened in those issues, because it's been a while, but... Um, yeah, that uh, some good good stuff to talk about there. At, at any rate, uh, my next episode, which will probably come out, uh, I might actually upload in the next hour or two, uh, or possibly tomorrow, is uh, a conversation I was really excited to have. It's with the the acclaimed colorist Laura Martin, um, which is probably going to be her part one episode because we we spent like an hour. It's a fantastic hour, so interesting going getting into her history, uh, her collaborations, and we only got up to like the mid two thousands, and so we still got like fifteen years to go. So I'm really hopeful this should be on soon. But uh, thanks again for listening to this episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail dot com. Rate the show on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>